Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name is Chris, and I'm currently, uh, well, freezing already. Uh, this California boy can, can't handle any weather under 50 degrees. Uh, I just finished the run with some buddies, and uh, yeah, so I'm already full sweater and uh, running in gloves, because uh, apparently, I think I got rainouts or whatever the fuck that's called. Uh, but yeah, uh, I am going to do what I usually do. I'm going to open up a beer to start off the podcast. We are drinking one of the beers that we had, or we picked up from Portland, Maine, drinking Bissell Bros, uh, the Substance Ale. I don't think I've had this one on the podcast just yet. I've had Swish, and I have a ton of Swish now that I'm very happy about. Uh, But we're going to be drinking, we're going to stick to Bissell Bros right now. And uh, I poured like a noob, so that's not great. So I'll just drink it from the cat and start. But I love the Substance had it before I had Swish. It's still a fantastic beer. It's not going to be your hype beers that you'll have, like uh, these new ones that are coming out. But uh, it's exactly what you want. Hazy IPA, and it's just refreshing after a couple miles out. Um, but if you guys are listeners, or the three listeners that listen to this podcast every week, uh, looking at you, Pancakes, uh, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, I see you guys... I think on occasion I'll hear people say that they listen to the podcast. Well, I don't see your reviews. Leave a review, share the podcast. We'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, otherwise that uh, I'm just going to still keep doing this regardless. I just enjoy doing it anyways. Um, but we have our another segment or another installment of the Beers and Miles Delete Files. Uh, for this episode, we have a special guest. Uh yeah, so we have a special guest for today's podcast, a member of the Philadelphia Runner Track Club. Ethan has had one heck of a year running personal bests of 408 in the mile, uh, 1428 in the 5K, and then 5027 in a 10 mile. Uh, he is um, the editor in chief for the Oval Magazine as well, uh, and just an all around great guy. Loves his beer. Got a chance to hang out with him in Pittsburgh a couple months ago, and uh, yeah. We're happy to have you on the podcast, Ethan. How are you doing? Hey, Chris. I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, uh, your story is very different than most, yeah. and it's been something that I've been following along uh, even before I got a chance to meet you. And, uh, yeah, so let's start it like we started with everybody. Um, how did you get into running? Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, so... I have an older brother of about six years, and he was like the the older brother that you wanted to be like, and he got convinced by some of his friends to do uh, eighth grade middle school cross country, and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I was like in second grade, and I watched my brother, you know, do it, and I was like, oh, that seems like something very cool to do. I should do that um, when I'm older. And I got to middle school, and first day of school came by, and I finished school, and then went to my first ever practice for cross country, and I was like, "This is hard, but it's really fun." <laughs> uh, and I just only kind of, I've never stopped. So I guess that was that was day one. And uh, thanks to without my brother, I wouldn't be running. But I guess it also helps that I I enjoyed it as well. Was it was it a lot just your brother doing it that kept you going, or? How did how did it go from? I mean, I think everybody comes out for their first practice, and it's like, oh, okay, let's see how this goes. And was it basically love at first step, or uh, did it take some time to get just um, ready to go? 
I think it was I wanted to kind of just follow the path he did. And you know, he ran a middle school, ran a high school. And I had the same coach he did in middle school and in high school. I went to the same middle school and high school as him. Uh, so it was kind of, I, I was going to see it through, I think, if I was good or not, at least until through high school, just to be like my brother. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, he did a half marathon his senior year of high school. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that and run a half marathon one day. Um, so I guess my running up until I graduated high school was just predicated on I was going to do what my brother did, and then I'd go from there. Did, as far as running, I think even just list, or even just reading on the Oval's article on you, which is fantastic, by the way. If you haven't had a chance to, I'm going to plug it at the end of the podcast. Uh, but, yeah, if you have, check out the article on the Oval on Ethan's journey. But it, it talks a tiny bit. But it doesn't go really into detail about just how fast did you run in high school. Uh, did you come in being, I guess, one of the top freshmen for your high school? Um, how did it go from going from being a guy on the team to being, like, actually enjoying the competition of it? Um, so I, I started going to summer practices before freshman year because I knew they were happening. Um, and, you know, I wanted – by the time I got to ninth grade, I, I was pretty good – I was like 11th in the city of Pittsburgh in my eighth grade year. I was like, all right, I can kind of, I can kind of do this pretty well. You know, this is like the next level. And I always, I knew the idea of, you know, high school cross country run on varsity top seven. I walked in, I was like, I may be a freshman, but I'm going to try to be on varsity this year. Uh, like not knowing what that would entail. And freshman year we had my teammate, uh, his name is Tavon, who's just a freak of nature athlete. Um, he made varsity right away. He was our fastest freshman. He ran like 17, 15 as a freshman, you know, on like tough Pittsburgh courses. And I was, I was 18, 45. And I was really happy with that. Um, but I was like, after freshman cross country, I was like, all right, I got to go beat like Tavon. You know, I got to go. I, I want to be the fastest person in my grade and the team, but I'm neither right now. So I got to get better. Uh, and I think it just kind of became year after year I wanted to get better. Um, I had broken my ankle like 12 days before my sophomore year of cross country uh was able to rehab off of that uh like on the bike every day and then had an okay uh cross season my sophomore year and track was pretty good uh but then in my junior year my first race i broke 17 and i was like okay i can say i'm competitive now i feel like what i'm doing matters i, I was like third on my team my entire junior year and then the junior year spring, I ran, I went from 448 to 434. I'm from 1011 to 949. I'm from 212 to 204. Like just kind of dropped a bunch of PRs, got a little more strength in me. And it just kind of rolled into my senior year. And then that's where I, my first like three races, first two races, and I was like, all right, time trial. I like PR'd, PR'd, PR'd. I broke 16. I was like, all right. I like I belong here and then it just became it became all right how how well am I going to race every time because of course not every time is going to be the perfect race um so I think it just took like it was weird I I felt like I had that in me the entire time I needed to get there while some people like show up on the scene and are already like a gap ahead of me by the time my I was a senior my teammate and I were two seconds apart at every race or if one of us had a bad race you know Tavon, who was beating me by 90 seconds my freshman year, 
our freshman year, he and I were now like one of the best two one two edges in the state, which is really cool to see that progression. That's awesome, and it, you know it's funny. It's it actually uh, there's a little bit of a kind of a coincidence too. I mean, I had <coughs> I, it's a lot slower than you were, but I ran like <coughs> twenty. I think 2007 as a freshman, and there was a guy on our team named Alex that ran like 1802. And about our senior year, it was like he ran 1602 and I ran 1603. And it's a, it's wild how these things end up turning out. But it's also like, all right, you look at somebody that puts it down as a freshman, you're like, all right, that's the bar. Let's go get to the bar from here. <laughs> exactly. And so how, I guess for people that don't know, because I think really we haven't tapped too much into like besides evan because evan came from uh, from the pittsburgh area uh talk a little bit about just pittsburgh running like how is the scene there for high school is it, it like how is it you have your two big metropolitan areas you have pittsburgh and you have Pens- and, uh, philadelphia uh how does it work for high school is it is it really just uh those two cities dominate or how does it work for just the state of pennsylvania for uh running so for it's interesting is uh philadelphia and pittsburgh don't really dominate at all um i would say i would say you're looking at your best schools come from the suburbs of each you know like the city proper not really uh the surrounding area yes uh in 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 pittsburgh we have like two districts uh we have district eight which is the city league uh so there's all the schools within the city proper of, of pittsburgh and then district seven uh, which is the Whitbeal, I think it's Western Pennsylvania Inner Athletic League, I want to say it's what it's called, but we just call it the Whitbeal or the Whip. And that is, that's a hotbed. That is, you know, so many, so many schools with just impressive teams, you know, they kind of, they have a little more funding. They have like the way, the way that their school district is zoned or like grouped. They get a lot of kids coming to their schools. They have a lot of kids who have like the, the 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 time and space to try a bunch of sports? You know, a lot of the kids from my high school or even my middle school would have to get like on a city bus to their school bus stop and back home. Like they don't have the time for these athletic programs or for running cross country. Where like a lot of these kids in the suburb schools, they live like two three miles. You know, their parents can drive them. Uh, I mean, we're just talking like like year after year. These schools are going to states. They're competing competitively across the board. They're sending individuals and sometimes teams to NXR or, and then individuals to Foot Locker. Uh, like North Allegheny is, I think their their girls have won three years in a row. Their guys have won two years in a row in high school. They just, every year, you know North Allegheny is going to show up and show out. Mount Lebanon, Fox Chapel, Seneca Valley. I mean, I'm just naming like the schools that I always raced against and wanted to beat. Um, and you have to respect it because at the end of the day they're going to run well and i think our goal as a city school was we, we took pride in you know being a like a a world beater we wanted to beat these really good programs these really good schools that everybody knew about and you know we would fill half a school bus and drive to a meet <laughs> and try our best um but i, I really changed that narrative where it was i wanted us to be a team that the state knew about not just like that western pa knew existed what do you say that and i i could be off base here that coming in as a freshman that wasn't a world beater at the very beginning that that gave you that kind of attitude to say hey let's go let's go make our mark 
Yeah, we, I mean, my freshman year and even my sophomore year, I think we, we had some talented individuals, um, but like we didn't have, we didn't have guys, you know, being any low sticks. We, we, a teammate of mine who was, was fantastic and he's kind of the reason I really got into running seriously after I joined high school, he was Amadou. You know, when I was a sophomore, he was a junior and he just started just like blowing out like day in and day out. Just his workouts would be crazy. He would hit the splits perfectly super like uh, meticulous with like his recovery and just like being a good person too and he was just he would get like fifth or fourth at these big races against all these suburb schools and I was like that's what we need and you know I looked up to him my teammate Tavon looked up to him our younger guys looked up to him as well and I was like that's what I want to happen like every year I want to have at least one guy you know every year doing that um and then by the time my senior year happened we every year we were lucky we would go to the Manhattan invite uh, in Van Cortland, so we would take we'd take two vans from Pittsburgh, PA. My coach and my assistant coach would drive like the eight and a half hours. Uh, my coach's son works for Hyatt, so we got a, like a really discounted family and friends discount on like two like four hotel rooms. Uh, we'd sleep like way too many people per hotel room that was probably <laughs> legal. Um, very discounted rate, and we would stay in like East Parsippany, New Jersey, drive an hour into the Bronx, you know, run the race, drive back, shower, change, and then drive back in again that night to like experience New York City. Um, and my senior year, I was like, it was my fourth time going. I was like, I want to win one of those gigantic trophies that all the fast schools get because I think our team is good enough. And I sat down, our team the night before and I was like to my teammate I was like Tavon you want to do this run fast and I was like I'll be there with you don't worry about it I was like our, our number three number four and five guys I was like run together and then do what you got to do to beat everybody you can and our six and seven guys I was like chase six chase five seven chase six and then we'll hopefully do well we got second on a tiebreaker we beat like prep schools from New Hampshire and Delaware Rhode Island you know like this public school with uh, three black kids on their team took down all these like pretty boy schools with like the perfect matching warm ups, you know, tops <laughs> and bottoms, Brooks shoes, like same colors. And it was like, that's what I dreamed of, you know? And it's interesting is where we went and then the following weekend we had our, our district meet, which I always say is a joke because it's just a city league and we are a very good team. So we always qualify, take that one spot and go to states. And I was like, that was our season ending you know like we felt like we had shown like a public school can do something really cool uh in new york and that's how, that's what you're most proud of and that's after that like on the ride home the next day i was like i don't care about anything else this season i think what we just did there was awesome that was like the culmination that's, of my high school like running <laughs> that's fantastic and you know it's as a california guy we get we get a lot of these things about like what's the most iconic course in uh high school so like i'm gonna throw it real quick uh, you've run the Manhattan Invite. You've run Van Cortland. I haven't. Uh, I would say oh, probably yeah. if you if you are a, a year running nerd, it's it's Mount Sac or Van Cortland are probably your biggest ones. Maybe the Illinois course. What's the what's uh, what's that one called? Uh, is that that Detweiler? Detweiler. Yeah, I think it's maybe that. Yeah, I think it's really it's it's either Van Cortland uh, or it's going to be. Uh, Mount Sac, Mount and Sac. also if whoever's listening to this, like uh, uh, shoot an email. Uh, I'll put it. Up, I'll put it up on a. I'll put it up on a story of what's the most iconic 
cross country course for for high school. I'm my my opinion's Mount Sac. Though as a high school nerd, I wanted to run Van Cortland or Sunken Meadows or any of those courses. Like that was something I always wanted to do. I as a, as, as a as a product of the so Pittsburgh is is northeast and th- is in hopes, but like Midwest in execution. Like I feel like we're almost like on that Midwest line of being Ohio and being the Midwest. Um, but I have a Northeast mindset, and I'm here in Philly, so I I personally say Van Cortland. I mean, I run it four times, uh, and like every time I got better, even though it was still the same course, like super hard, uh, like like positionally like a technical course too, where you start in this gigantic field and it's really really wide. And then a quarter mile across that field, you get into um, a trail that's like two people wide. You know, it's like, and then you go up these hills. How do you how do you race these hills? There's these like wooden blocks every 20 feet. You got to watch out your feet for. It's like a very seriously technical race that you're asking high schoolers to run. And it's like the best people who run Van Cortland, I'm really impressed by because it's 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 an easy in theory. It's like oh, you know, run fast, beat the people, but. It's tough to get to. You have to plan for that race in a lot of ways um, that you wouldn't even think about. Yeah, it sounds like like if it's going down to like a two person per trail kind of thing. Like it sounds like that first eight hundred's probably your make or break. Like you gotta you gotta move in position, but then it's also like it could also be your uh, your race ender where you go out way too hard. We I uh, I certainly went out a little too hard. I. Like, there's this guy who I should have known was going to win our race um, beforehand, and I went out with my teammate. We were, like, second and third, and he made a move early. Maybe I wasn't the kid who won, but I went out because I'm just going to stick in the leader. I'm going to stay with him, and I'm going to try. And a kid, like, really just shot out, and I went with him. I was like, oh, this is going to hurt. And we're going up a little after a mile, and I was like, all right, this is hurting. I fell way back, and then I was like, no, I got to, like, run for my team. And I, like, I found a way to rally, and I got a second win I never felt before, but... I definitely went out too hard, and I paid for it for sure. Uh, but the positioning is—it's very—it's interesting. You either you either just slot into that front pack, or your pack that you're in, and move later on, and there's more room, or you just get out clear and then just tuck that pace down and just sit in the front. That's interesting. I, I think, like even from looking at these ISIL stuff for this song, like I don't think I've ever actually real like known how it is to run those courses uh like you hear you hear sunken meadow you hear uh you hear like uh homedale park and everything like van Cortland, and just like never hear any specifics i just hear it's hard <laughs> uh, yeah it's weird too because the manhattan invites a 4k so you're you got you have like almost no idea what to do yeah. uh at first you're like do i like this is a fort it should be easier right and it's like i will run like my best 4k at van Cortland. all right i split like multiple faster 4ks in the middle of my 5ks in the races just because van Cortland's tough and you're like i know i'm faster than than like a 13 10 4k but this is all i can do with van Cortland. <laughs> i think Cheswick hit like like in the 12s or something like that it was like in like realistically Ches Ches broke 12 and even then it's like that's still that's still worth like a sub 15 which he was in probably 14 low shape his senior year he ran 840 i think his that year in the two miles so it's like you look at it and like 4k i think 
like back then I was like, oh, I just heard it's really fast. You broke the course record. But then like thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, that's really like the general paces of what he's running. Probably not that that fast. So I think he ran like 56. Like he just broke 12. It's yeah. like it's it's if you can run under 13 on the Van Cortland 4K, it's an impressive thing. Yeah. And so coming off the out of high school, because um, I, I was actually going to ask you what's your yes. most memorable experience uh, of high school. And it seems like it's this, or is there any other experiences for you that was... Yes, it is. A hundred percent, it's that. So now, at this point, you're running well. You've been running well for a bit, and uh, it comes time to make that decision. You got college coming up. What was your mindset coming into uh, picking a college school? Um, even, uh, I guess, college running at this point. Like, college running's on the table, and uh, like, it's coming close. You're running really well at this point. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm cracking into a beer. I actually just had Substance yesterday. Ooh. Big fan. Uh, I love all beers, Maine. I'm a big Maine guy. Um, I, I, I have the claim that if I could drink one beer for the rest of my life, it would be Allagash White. Um, just because I think it's a perfect beer. I think that's what we had when we were um, hanging out last time. I was like, I just keep, keep on giving you some Allagash White the day before that Pittsburgh. 100%. Um, but, yeah, I... I'm drinking a Fool's Errant by Threes Brewing, which is one of my go-tos in New York City. Um, but I think that I got like good enough to be recruited just a touch too late, and I didn't really have any idea what to do with recruiting. So I just kind of accepted the fact that I was going to go look at schools for school, and running would... Sort itself out. So at that point, what have you had run? And I took a visit. What have you had run in the, I guess, your fastest 5K or, like, where were you coming in for, like, you even track stuff? What were, like, as as far as, like, I'm a recruiter, what times am I looking at for you? Uh, I had 15.48 for a 5K cross. I had 13.12 for a 4K cross. I had 4.34 for the mile, and I had 9.49 for the two mile. My, we didn't have an indoor program, so I always felt like uh, my track times always could have been better. Um, but I think, like, I mean, I ran a 15:48 on a. While it's a fast course, yes, still a pretty tough one in Western PA. Like, I didn't run 15:48 in a golf course. Yeah. You know, I ran 15:48 my home trails at Shunley Park, where that second half of the race you're just suffering. Um, so it's like I I felt like my ceiling was higher too than what i showed um but i just didn't i didn't feel like i was going to be looked at and be given a shot and i didn't want to like have to like fight tooth and nail to prove that i belonged on a d1 team just because i wasn't that confident yet like i thought i could get there but i wasn't there yet um i took an official visit to carnegie mellon which was you know in my backyard and i really enjoyed the team atmosphere there um, but I felt like it's such, an, uh, such a competitive school academic-wise, and I was like, I don't want to like have to devote like the few moments of my free time to like a really rigorous uh, 
school program if i'm doing running like i want to have that balance of like some me time and like growing and being a college student so i just kind of accepted that if i got into drexel which is where my brother had gone and i really liked it or if i got into cornell which i really liked to visit there too that i would and assuming i had enough financial aid for either uh then i would go to either one and i luckily enough got into drexel honors and i got a nice scholarship thanks to my grades uh, in high school and i was just kind of waiting on cornell being like i'll find out what they say i didn't get into cornell so don't have to worry about that at all for my decision but um i chose drexel because i was excited about the co-op program they had and i wanted to go to school in philly and i always just kept saying i was like running will sort itself out as it always has that's awesome and uh funny enough that was like i remember drexel or i i called it well i saw it's drexel i guess it's drexel um I got one of the few things that I got when I was in high school was like little letters from the college board and things like that from uh, Drexel. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, blast from the blast. The last time I thought about it was I was in high school. <laughs> so uh, I don't think I was ready to go all the way. I, I said I was going to ready to go to the East Coast, but I don't think I was that ready. And I, I wanted to run. That. So I wanted to run in, in college too. So was besides Carnegie Mellon were were D2 and D3 schools not an option I well I mean I let's be honest here as somebody also who ran D2 for a little bit as well probably there was nothing that was going to be as academically rigorous for your taste in the D2 side of things but D3 had a lot of them too uh I had a lot of D2 and D3 letters of interest some offers um but yeah I um D3 definitely had a couple offers of, like, really, really good academics, um, but they were just all in more college town areas, and I I kind of grew up in the east end of Pittsburgh, and, you know, it's like 10 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. I like being in a city, a lot of things, a lot of opportunities. I feel like that's where I kind of thrived, and I wanted that experience again some more, and I was willing, you know, I was willing to go to, to Ithaca, because I felt like if I went to Cornell, then I was like, I was, I was doing it, you know, I was doing the right thing, I was going to the good school, and also I love nature, so that would have been easy, um, but I wanted to go to a good school in a city, and Philly was like the best of both my academic and like personal worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. So now, you make your way to Philly, and uh, where does running fit in when you first get there? Oh, God, running fit in whenever the hell I wanted it to, and that was, was great. Because when you're not on a team, you know, it could be 2 p.m., and your classes could be done for the day, and it could be a beautiful fall Wednesday or Thursday, and you could be like, hey, I'm going to go run for, like, two hours. I'll see you guys later to my floor mates, you know, and I'll go <laughs> run a random Thursday 14 mile because I felt like doing it on a nice day. Um, now, I joined Philly Runner uh, the first week I got to Philadelphia. I had emailed the men's director, who is now our president, uh, Chris Mateer, over the summer. And I was like, hey, I ran, I ran, hey, I ran this, this, and this. Um, in high school, I want to go into Drexel. I want to run with the team. What do you guys think? And he was like, yeah, man, that, we can do that. And I was like, oh, sweet. And oddly enough, my third day in Philadelphia, I was out running along 
the Schuylkill River um, in Philly, one of the river trails, which is like the, 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 the classic run. And I knew that Philly Runner did their workouts Tuesday night at Penn, you know, at Franklin Field. And I was I had two guys behind me running like the exact same clip, just like 10 meters behind. And they were talking about the workout last night. And I turned around, I was like, hey, are you Philly Runner? And one guy was like, yes, I'm the president. Or our former president, Kevin. He's like, yeah, I'm the president. I was like, oh, shit. And this other guy was like, I'm not, but I'm a friend. And I was like, can I run with you guys and talk to you about it? And they were like, for sure. And, you know, they they had a run and run with me. And the next day, uh, the president was like, yeah, you can, you know, join our club. Here's the things. Here's what's going on. And I didn't really take advantage of it. I would say until like 2019, like after a couple months, but I joined, I would do some workouts here and there, but I was just being like a college freshman, my first um, term, you know, just like bonding with my floor, getting used to classes in college. I think it took like some adjusting. Uh, running was just a do it because I like to do it. And it happened, you know, a couple times a week uh, in the fall, but I still ran on the Philly half marathon. Uh, off some pretty awful training. If you look at my Strava in the fall of 2018, you'll see the sporadic uh, uploads of Ethan Herman every <laughs> once in a while, some just really random stuff. Um, and then I also went out in 5.34, 5.12, which I don't recommend doing when you're not fit uh, in a half marathon because then the second half is just a world of hurt. Ow. Ow. So you have a 18-year-old bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Ethan mm-hmm. Herman that has now joined the uh, Philly Runner uh, Track Club. Who's uh, entirely? Who is uh? Oh, oh, you're the youngest guy on the team, but by how much? Oh God, like five years. <laughs> um, and and the thing is, is like I. For my first, like, 13 years of my life, I was the youngest person in my family, so I didn't mind it. You know, I I, I got used to, you know, listening in on adult conversations or, like, hanging out with my cousins who were, like, seven or eight years older than me. So, like, I felt, I felt kind of at home. I was like, you know, this is what I'm used to. And I would love to go on, I I wrote this in my article that I wrote for the Overstonly where it was, you know, when college was my life, the runs I had with Philly Runner were like a break. You know, I got to talk with my friends about running, about races, listen to their jobs, or how their how their husbands and wives were doing, or like how med school was going. It was a big. It was like the twenty percent of my life that was different from the eighty percent of college, and I felt like it was just such a refreshing thing that uh, I never wanted to stop it. Because it was like I'm I'm in college, you know, I'm living a different life, but it's cool to see what adults are doing right now. Like, what are adults getting up to in Philly right now? Um, who are similar like me, you know, who are making time out of their day to go run laps around a track and make themselves hurt. So it was it was really fun, um, but things didn't really change for me running wise, like in terms of being getting better until February 2019. I ran an indoor mile. It was my first ever indoor mile at Ursinus College. Uh, I had been doing like very random runs here and there, but signed up for fun and done it fun. Um, 
and I ran like something like some time I think it was like 4:45 you know a time I had run like as a sophomore and I was like I can do so much better than this like what's going on and I looked back because I wasn't running every day again um, but funnily enough the guy I met the first week in Philly and I'd been his name's Chris Namoli and I had met him and like we kept in contact he ran the, the indoor mile as well he was age 39 at that time and he ran like a 435 sheesh and he texted me and he was like yo do you have like what training what training plan are you on right now you know like he had he had run like a 1540 at this small 5k i had run with him that's that fall that's how we met and like exchanged numbers he was like you're gonna be good you know just gotta work on that strength you have the speed but he's like do you have a plan and i was like no I don't actually. It's kind of run. He's like, "Do you want a plan?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do actually. That sounds pretty good." You know, I have I haven't had a coach for a bit now, um, and so he writes he writes me a plan, and I get it. Um, and on the ride home, you know, I shower. I have a Saturday night as a college freshman, which of course includes debauchery and you know, light beer and and going to bed very late. Um, but it was a plan, and you know, and what it started was is you're gonna go run 14 miles tomorrow on the long run, and then you're gonna do this exact program for the next six weeks. And he gave me a Monday through Sunday, and you know, lo and behold, I showed up that next morning for the first time in like a month and a half the long run with my club. I ran 14 or 15 miles, um, and I was like, yeah, this is like this is a structure I was missing. I was I'm a very much a schedule person where I can schedule my stuff and just hit the check the box you know in and out and I ran um, my first three weeks under him I deviated by like 0.1 miles I ran 65.1 65.2 65.2 you know just hit those right on dot and it, and it wasn't even anything crazy it was just you know, it was just like easy run seven miles do strides and easy means 730 or, or slower uh, he's an old man. He's like, I'm going to be on your ass about running easy. Uh, and then, you know, workout, you know, whatever the workout is, just make sure you get 10 in the day with warm up and cool down. Sometimes I would do like a five mile cool down because my workout was very small. Uh, easy run, 10 miles, easy run, seven miles, do a tempo. You're going to get, and he was like, you're going to get better at tempos. That's what you're going to do. Because he asked me why I wanted to run. I was like, I want to run Broad Street because that's what everybody else does in Philadelphia. And he was like, you can't do that without tempos. So what's what we're going to do? Um, and then my f uh, after the first three weeks went great. Week four, I got a stomach bug. Uh, that's called "Don't Kiss Your Floor Mates." Um, you got mono, but I got it, and uh, I did not get mono. Thank God, but I got a, I got a stomach bug that like wiped me out for a week, um, like four or five days. But I came right back, did a workout, and I crushed it. And I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, and he and he texted me. He was like, "Yeah, you've done this now for three weeks." It's part of your life. Get used to it. And that was that was like the switch I needed. And that was like first week of February I started with him. Middle of March, St. Paddy's Day, I run a 5K on the roads um, and, in trainers, Nike Pegasus. And I run a 12-second 5K PR. Sheesh. In like, in like cold headwinds, like 20-mile-an-hour headwinds. And I felt strong doing it. And he was like, what shoes did you run? And I was like, oh, you know, my Pegasus. I feel fast. And he was like, where the fuck are your trainer, your racers? And I was like, what are those? You know, like that shows how young I am. Or it's like, I, I also, like, I didn't go to a school where like racing flats existed or were even thought of, you know, we, we use spikes that our coach gave us because yeah. he had so many extras. 
Um, but yeah, I did that, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm pretty, I'm getting pretty good. And that was just like a whole different level of confidence for me. I like went home for spring break, crushed more workouts, came back, crushed more workouts, soloed like a 1550 on an out and back and tough wins and a 5K. And I was like, I, I can do this. And then lo and behold, I somehow ran 5115 for 10 miles at Broad Street. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like what I'm really good at, you know, like. At 19, I was like, maybe this is what I'm really good at. And, you know, it, what's interesting here is that, like, um, also, I pulled up your, your Philly uh, runners. Uh, they need to update your, your PRs because at this point you have they, they do. 4K XC, 1312, 5K XC, 1548, 5K Road, 1531, 8K XC, 2535, 10 Mile, 5116. I think that might be from that race. And then half marathon, 7704. But it's, it, but yeah. it's, it, it's interesting too because, like, you, I see it was like your experience going through this is essentially like the post college guy getting back into racing because it's always like, you're, yep. you're you're kind of and, and i experienced this when i got out of call when i got out of like uh, grad school it was like two years just like yeah i'm just going out there and just running and going to these run clubs and different things like that and i'd run okay but it wasn't anything that was like pretty nothing in close to my prs then you find people and it's like all right this is your life now like you said um but also you are able to actually completely cut out a very important thing that a lot of college guys typically do and that's running too fast on your easy days like you had a group of people that have probably have learned very well just how to be able to like take it easy whereas like in the college scene i mean especially on the d1 scene it's a it's a meat grinder it's interesting because i uh i think it does help too is a lot of my easy days even now i i now it's different where we have so many members in philly runner where if I feel unmotivated on a day, I'll just throw in the chat, like, hey, gonna run at this time, who wants to come? And I'll get like 12 responses, you know? When I was my first year, I was 19, I was like, I felt awkward asking a group of adults, hey, who wants to run with this 19 year old college kid for a little bit? You know, it just like, it just, it didn't feel like I had hurt. Like, of course I had, I totally was welcome to, I just didn't feel like I had that ability to yet so i would just run by myself i remember my first some of my, some of my workouts in the winter you know i just i'd have to go to the treadmill because i had a my school gym like uh, we have a nice like tread we have nice treadmills i go run the treadmill for seven miles and then do some strides and go home or i'd have to just run easy days by myself and my coach could see my strava so i would know he would know if i ran too fast um but he also told me he was like because he'd look at my Strava and he'd say, why did you do this run? And I'd be like, I don't know. I felt like doing that on that day. And he was like, well, that's not good. Every run should have a fucking purpose. And I was like, shit, you're right. So I made sure. I was like, well, what is the purpose of today's run? You know, it's so that you're ready for the next time you run hard. And that's what I learned from him. And I still struggle with that. I still, the legs can kind of flow here and there onto me today's and I do run a little too fast sometimes but you know I, I make it a priority if I'm running slow I want my accountability to be, to be held with somebody else like I, I run slower with friends than I do by myself because sometimes I just get bored and want to go home <laughs> um, but I 
I, I, I also think, too, it's like a lot of college students and athletes, like their life is so regimented that when they're given that freedom to choose like, oh, I could not run today or I could run today. Either way, I could also drink beer at the end of the night. You know, they're not good. They, they've never had that balance or that choice. So a lot of times they just end up choosing to not run because they never had that option. You know, if I don't want to run any day, I don't. Like, if there are some days I feel like crap and, like, don't want to run, I just don't do it. And then the next day I feel better. And that's why I've, I, th- I think I've taken this gradual approach to running where I feel like things will get better over time. And I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. But a lot of college people, it was like, oh. It's like, oh, I got to do it in these four or these five years or these somehow six or seven or nine if you're BYU years, uh, you know, to run. And um, and then, then your running stops. And I, I see running as, I like, when my, my second workout ever with Philly Runner, I did a 6x1K workout with my teammate Harsha. And I asked him at the end of the workout, I was like, what are you going to do this evening? He's like, I'm going home to my wife and kids. And I'm grading my papers because he's a professor at Penn. And he's a 40, he was a 42-year-old guy. And I was like, holy shit. I'm running with a guy more than twice my age who still loves running and is also still good at it. And, you know, that perspective was given to me when I was 18. Not when I'm 26 and three years removed from my college glory days. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that because it's... Uh... It, 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 there's a little bit of parallels to like beer, like in how you get into beer and you get jaded. Uh, in the same way with running, because like you see a lot of people come out of college and they're burnt, they're done. Where uh, I think you, it's really cool to see like, you know, somebody that goes through running as a person that basically has come out of like basically college running, but still wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and gets to be able to learn from people that just generally enjoy it for the sake of actually enjoying it as opposed to it being the pressure of like if you don't make the national mate it's done yeah it's like that's your career and it's not that and uh i don't know it's it's super cool like to hear an experience like this because there is a lot of people that i i do talk to and there's still a lot of people that maybe even listen now that weren't a college runner and do have kind of that idea of like if I was a college runner, I'm. If I wasn't a college runner, I'm missing out on like an experience or like I don't have a level up. But in reality, it is a meat grinder, and it is a meat grinder both mentally and physically. Like you have, I was having this conversation earlier this week. It's like I have a buddy that kind of was a little bit feeling a little bit burned out from running because he had the attitude of like I have to be this good by this point. So you still have that college mentality, even at people that are like two years, three years removed out of college, and. It's like you stop and take a look, and it's like a lot of your contemporaries aren't there anymore. Most contempt, most of your contemporaries that you're racing with or racing against back in college aren't there anymore. And sometimes they take enough of a step away that they can't ever come back to it. And it's it's to be able to have that experience early on to say like you're doing it for the sake of like, hey, you love it. That's that's a blessing in itself early on. I think too is like I had, there were enough uh, people on PRTC alone who were like that. You know, they had already gone through running at like places like FNM or Lehigh, 
or even D3, like Dickinson are running, you know, D1 at uh, Dartmouth are running, you know, Penn State. And so, yeah, like after a while, I didn't, after college, I didn't run for a bit because I didn't want to. You know, you, don't, you lose that, that love for running and then eventually a club like ours or a club that you'll find in any city now these days will bring you back because the, the environment's so different. Um, but like to me, it's just, that was my high school experience where it was, I'm going to show up, have a fun time with my friends, run and go home. And now the only thing that's changed is like, I might go to a bar afterwards and then go home that's the only thing that's changed you know the people i run with and uh the things i like enjoy from running have changed which i think i'm really blessed to say sounds like you're running on your own terms Mm-hmm. and i i wish like i've seen many of my college friends get hurt and like struggle with injuries for a long time and like i don't have the recovery tools they have you know, I've never used Normatec boots. I don't have a bathtub where I live. You know, I can't take baths. I I have a foam roller and a lacrosse ball and a lot of resiliency. <laughs> and most days don't feel good. Like most days feel awful. I think I think the being with a club full of older people is like extraditing or uh, like accelerating my aging process. I have back problems all the damn time. Like I feel old, um, but. I haven't got an injury and like that's I've been able to like seriously train consistently like I had a break uh, last year because I just took a break because I was burned out and I was able to come back to it but um, if you take running as like, in moderation to the point like you're not killing yourself to run you're gonna not mess up because I don't do many days hard and like my easy runs don't kill me so I should be fine <laughs> and I am that's what's proving is like also there's no like restrictive diet. There's no diet culture here. I eat ice cream, God, probably three <laughs> or four times a week, because I burn close to four thousand calories a day. You know, it's like I gotta get those calories somehow. Um, and that's the thing too. It's like so like food is so much of a fuel system, and even like the like, the less healthy stuff sometimes is like stuff that you need, like the sugars. Like you need that sometimes if your body replenish itself. Uh, I just feel like I, I, I don't want that, you know, like aggressive or hyper-focused college mindset because then what are you living for? You know, like I understand being an NCAA champion is great and I would only love it in terms of cross where it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this for my team. But I also just feel like you're going to graduate college and you'll talk about that college team. And then when you're 30, it's like, all right, that happened, but what are you doing with your life now? Like, are you not even running anymore? And I think that's the longevity of running is ageless. You know, you can run to your 105 if you really desire. And that's that's what I'm more focused on. And uh, if Jamar was somehow, like, listening to this, he'd be uh, losing his mind. Because oh, there's, there's so many things that you just said. Yeah, Jamar, you'd that, be alive. That you, you just, you're killing yourself based on what he's saying. Like, if you even have a SOAD like you're done you're dead oh my god that's the thing is like i don't even drink i don't even drink that but after he i saw that tweet i was like i might go have one right now yeah you know that's like funny. i got a sudden, a sudden urge for a root beer yeah i'm gonna have a spray exactly and then, <laughs> and then i got so that's, that's the funny thing too is is i definitely have 
the humor or like I understand running like I will talk about marathoners or and my friends who are in college be like who and I'd be like all right you don't care about marathoners or road racers like I lost my shit because Emma Bates got second in Chicago and they're like who's that and I was like what do you mean who's Emma Bates she got second in Chicago that's insane you're like you should know this by now or like and that I laughed They'd be like, what's Chicago? And I'd be like, oh. like not everything's in terms of a 10K, you know, or an 8K. Uh, and and the thing is, like, I've, I've made enough friends, too, is, is like, I have a, a national, like, cross race. I have club cross. And, like, I, I have that experience back without ever running cross, you know? I never did it to Belize, but I did club cross. I towed the line uh, against... 450 other grown men when I was 19 at Lehigh in the mud and I ran a 10k. I saw God. I called my dad after the race and I was like, God, this shit's hard, but I want to do it again tomorrow. Man, you know, it, it's you know, it, like, like, this is something that nobody, like, unless you've done the, cl- the club cross circuit, you don't know. Like, club cross goes out so much harder than any race that I've ever gone out in. Like, I've gone out and, like, even I've never gone out as fast as i have even for a mile like i went out like apparently people went on like sub 30 at when we went to spokane uh in 2018 and like they just went out sub 30 for like right. the first part of a 10k and like i went out in like 515 for our first mile and i was like almost in dead last like it's the most insane thing and all the while you have all your masters runners just drinking beer and watching the races and it's like i I, oh, there's, there's hanging yeah. out. Oh my gosh! It, <laughs> uh, question for you, real quick: Are you going to uh, the New York race? I saw your club there. Yeah. So I am not going to the club race. I am doing the Philly half this oh, year. Oh shoot! Um, I have the Philly half. I have thirteen point one coming up in about a month, and I'm kind of eyeing up that sixty-seven flat. Uh, Barrier, maybe hopefully like 67 30, 67 flat, and then I'm gonna come back, touch on some grass, touch on some speed, lower the mileage, and then I'll be in Tallahassee come December. Cool. Uh, we'll we'll chat about that after the pod because I haven't seen any information on Tallahassee, and I kind of want to get the Oak guys to do it. But uh, anyways, uh, where does that change happen? Where you go from? Yeah, let's, let's break some high school PRs to we've now smashed high school PRs and we're we're a guy to look out for on the line now I think it came after Broad Street uh, 2019 where it was like I was going for the goal of breaking 53 minutes and I broke it by nearly two minutes and I was like if I can do that on a good day of like expectations and exceeding them then i i think i should take this running thing even more seriously than i already am because then the to me it was like if i can do that now if i just keep getting better what can i do um and of course you know when you're not running for college and you run a good race like that and your friends who run at Pitt and georgetown and duke and Virginia Tech are like, yo, that was an amazing race. You know, that like just fuels your five and more to be like, all right, I'm going to come up to your times. You know, I'm going to the 5K. 
I'm going to run the race you race. I'm going to run the mile. I'm going to see what I can do in the races you're running right now while not being in college, on a, not on a college team. And that's kind of what started it. And I had a small, I had an okay fall. I didn't really train that well because being a camp counselor and running don't really go together. <laughs> this is a running camp. So I had like a tough fall. Uh, still in like 25-10 on the roads for 8K, you know, like had a okay fall. Was, was content with my, my fall. Um, and then in the winter, I ran like an 8.39 indoor 3K right before COVID. I was like, all right, this is pretty good. I can build on this. And and then COVID happened. I was like, well, I'll get there one day. But like this spring came about and you know i i wanted for my first race and i was like i'm gonna go break 15 and, and i was like i had this this confidence that i could and you know i went out in the slow race the slow heat of my race and i just sat in the leaders for 3k came 3k in 904 and then just took off you know i like closed my last 2k and i want to say like five got 547 548 you know like last k was like 252 just by myself and i felt great like just kind of cruising i was like oh i broke 15 that was great now what can i actually do you know and then i did in this like inner club race and we were lucky to have like an fat guy uh, one of our club members was in like a time system my pr in the mile was 430 and I, they were like my coach was like you can run 415 right now and i was like all right that's now the goal and you know i ran exactly 415 and i was like i just broke the my pr by 15 seconds in the mile you know, and it, it helped. Like last year, what I was doing was not healthy at all. Uh, during the pandemic, I was running like a hundred mile weeks back to back, back to back. I think I did five hundred and five, um, just because I had nothing else to do with my life. And I am durable. And like I, I interviewed Jacob Thompson a little bit ago, and he was talking about like being durable and being stubborn. And it was like I would just wake up and like run twelve in the morning before eight a.m. because I had a, I had a job in the summer. So I'd run 12, go to work, double four, eat dinner, go to bed. You know, I just do shit like that until I couldn't anymore. And it took about like two months of that until I couldn't do anymore. But I was like, I was pushing bears. I, I ran like, God, four or five centuries in 2020 for weeks as a 20 year old. You know, like I had done multiple 20 milers. Was like I, that's like my body's built for that. And my, I took, I took a break from Labor Day to New Year's of 2020. And I came back again. And my first workout back, I nailed it despite feeling terrible that day. And my coach is like, don't forget that you just put multiple years of mileage into your legs in like four to five months. And that's not going anywhere. And it's like, I built an insane aerobic base that I'm just, I've just been building off of now. And that's, I think that's where the exponential like progress came from is last year I ran I think 80 to 90 miles the entire spring and then like 90 to 100 in the summer. And I could do it on Pittsburgh Hills, Pittsburgh miles, just running. And that's like, that's, that hasn't left the legs. Like the aerobic, the aerobic capacity is still built. Um, and this spring I was like, all right, now I have to compete with, you know, the guys who I look up to. There's an elite spot on my team open and we now have ASIC sponsoring us. So I want that. And that's really what it came down to. Is like, I want to be elite. I want to show up my people I know in college being like, I can do this too and be like you guys. And lo and behold, I did. And uh, so 
you said you could break, you can get 415, but you didn't stop there. So, talk about is your is the first breakthrough that next mile or is it that 5k? Like, where was that breakthrough for you? Or like, uh, the I think the breakthrough came actually a workout about like a week and a half before my 5k. Um, I did. A mile in 4:39, then a two and a half minute rest, like jogging. Two miles in 9:57, mile and a half jog, 4:36, and I was like, "All right, I can break 14:30." And my thought to myself, if I can break 14:30, then I can get to like 4:10. And I broke 14:30, and I was like, "All right, let's go for 4:10." You know, like let's let's. Let's shoot for that. Um, and then my coach, I didn't have like a mile on the schedule at all. And my coach was like, you're going to run an 800 all out. You're going to break two because that's what fast people do. And I was like, that's fair. Makes a good point. And then that like that Tuesday, I had found a race the next week, which is the mile I did. I was like, oh, this is happening next Friday. He was like, cool. You're doing your workout of four by four by two on Tuesday, you're doing a time trial 800 on Thursday, and you're going to get ready for the mile next Friday. And I was like, all right, shit. I did 16 200s on Tuesday evening. I ran, an, I even split it at 157 on an 800. And when I did that, I was like, I think I had a 585, 59.0, 59.1. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, all right. I, I think it was like 29, 29, 30, 29. And I was like, yeah, I can break 410. And I just hopped in the mile, and they were they were pacing high school kids to the state record, and I just kind of sat in the pack, and with a lap to go, I think I was in third or fourth, and I, and and after the mile, I was cooling down, and I was thinking, I was like, I got to a point where I knew I was going to break four ten, and then I just chilled. I was like, I definitely could have run at least two seconds faster if I had really been an aggressive racer, and that's what kind of inspired me was, all right, I just took a huge leap but I could have taken an even bigger leap had I been aggressive or really thought about it so I that to me the thinking was is that I have to try again and I have to run faster because I even off of like this spring's fitness I didn't reach my full potential so what about me in a year or in two years with more aggression you're like how how far can I go and my friends were like all right you're 408 like is sub four the goal now? And I was like, of course it is. You know, I never thought that was possible until I ran 408. You know, when I when I got to 100 to go, so this is actually really weird, where they had um, clocks at every 100 meters. Oh. Wow. The pacing for the high schoolers. And I was like, I'm just here to, like, to ride the coattails. And, but I got to 1500, you know, and I saw like 351. 52 I forget what I like came through in 1500 wise but I saw three when I got to the straightaway there's not many times that you and can I actually, was like I want that there's not many times that you can actually see yeah I, I want that again. It's like, I want to be able to see three when I'm coming around and, and then I was like but now I need to see like 344 and you see what I'm gonna be able to see like 343 and you know see different threes you know if I want that um but that's what like I saw three in that straightaway and I was like I want that again. And that's that's really what it is like I see I want to be able to see three when I'm coming around 
and then C3 as I cross the line. Would question for you. I'm not sure if you've done the research in this, but has there ever been a guy, a, a U.S. guy, that's ever gone sub four that they didn't run in college? I I've been asked that, and I've never done the research, but I think I might have to. But I, to my knowledge, no. To my knowledge, there is no U.S. guy, at least, who has not run in college and who has also broken four. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's like, I know. I mean, that's. I mean, that's something. That's something that's exciting to go for. Uh, so, as far as like your experience with Philly runners so far, what's been your best experience that you've had with them? Oh God, that's a good question. Um, I honestly like. There, there are so many things I could probably say. Um, I think just like the the fact that like I look forward to Tuesdays more than any other day of the week because we have our Tuesday night workouts. You know, like being around our club and like we go to dinner afterwards, we go to breweries afterwards, and like hang out is like such a fun time. But it might even be like Club Nats 2019 because I had, in my personal opinion, like a terrible race, but it was also like my first time racing a 10K in like a lot of mud and like I hadn't done them before. So it was like definitely a, a shock to my system and they were able to, I was still caked in mud and they were like, no, 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 shut up. You ran great. Here's a beer. You need to do, but we're gonna have fun. And that just kind of reminded me is like, they've been, you know, they've been in this position before and they care enough to take care of me and understand where I'm coming from and like offer the help and the insight that they know I need. And like that, that night at Club Nights, at Club Nats was like one of the most fun nights of my life. You know, I was, you, you know, at Club Nats, <laughs> you know, hanging out with, with with Tin Man, with the Army guys, with Track Smith, with, with the badass Idaho women, uh, with Roots. I was hanging out, God, with Track Smith women. I was hanging out with. There's more and more and more people. I could just, like, the names just go on. And I was like, you know, these people I follow on Instagram. Yeah. And then I'm looking around and I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing Hillary Bohr and Lowry Lalong, you know, dancing on the dance floor. <laughs> you know, just hanging out, like, being, like, like, when, like, and that's things, like, I want to explain to my friends who are in college, like, you go to the trials and, you know, you watch them do these amazing races. I did the same thing, and then I parted them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's I can always say. It's like, I, you know, hung out with all of my idols at 19. They probably had no idea I was 19, <laughs> and that's totally okay. It, it's, it's, we, that's, um, that's cold cross for you, man. Like, whoever us, like, for our guys, it's the first time we ever went, Columbus Track Club went back when I was in that, that whole thing, um, and we're hanging out at the convention center, and there's a knock on the side of the convention center, and we open the door, and it's Alan Webb. And we're like, we had just been, that morning, <laughs> just hyped up for that race. We watched Alan Webb kick down Bernard Blagat at, I think it was 2008-1500, where he, like, has Ooh. that epic, like, last 100 meters, and he just, like, gets on his knees and starts, just, like, screaming, and it's like, we watched your race this morning. It's like, can we get a picture with you, man? And then, like, <laughs> we hung out with, uh, so, uh, like, uh, 
Aaron, is Aaron Potts from uh, Two Black Runners? Well, his uh, his brother uh, coached for Laverne, the D three school that I went to in undergrad. So we hung out with them. We have all pictured with Alan Webb, and it's like this, the world gets so much smaller when you go to these events, especially post college, because like it's like it's just so cool who sticks around because it's for the love of the sport at that point. You don't do club cross because you don't like running cross country you don't like running you do club cross because you are actually <laughs> like you're a, you're you're a lifer i think you're a lifer if you do club cross exactly like you're not doing a 10k in december if you don't care about the running and the people you do it with like like david Melly and i are good friends and he did cim 2019 the week before a club cross and he still came back and ran club cross and i was like david why are you doing this because it's fun you know like the answer because it's fun like you don't just like say of course like i will be towing the line in december you know to run fairly run competitively but also like it's fucking fun it's a fun time and then you have a really 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 good time afterwards because i'm trying to like sell my college friends where it's like ncaa's you know you like you finish your race and like all the captions are like oh i have to go eat a donut for once i was like bro i've had a donut every friday this year yeah it's it's like, so funny you know, how like people that are like generally don't know about running or like even your typical run club person like you probably you probably had water right now i'm like no i had a sprite and i've been drinking beers the entire time like we're fine (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's like and that's the thing is like the longevity of the sport to me comes with like balance of like what do you need right now in your life and uh, and it's like there are so many years where i can run really fast and there are also some years where I don't because I life gets in the way. And my coach is like, you don't have days off because life gets in the way. And those are your days off. Like, I remember January 2020, I had to go back to home for a funeral. He was like, I don't want you to think about running until you come into Philly because it's life. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing is like running always happens unless life's in the way. And like, that's the biggest thing to me. And that's, that's a sign of a good coach, I think, for me. With yep. Zach Ranellis, like, he's been my coach for the last two years. And, like, I'll be, I guess I can turn on the podcast now because I think I might actually be in a good position now. Like, I lost my job a week before the Boston Marathon. Uh, it's, like, my dream job. And, and Zach was like, hey, like, we'll be, you'll be fine. Uh, he actually, like, messaged me, like, the night of his, his like, wet, his wedding anniversary. <laughs> And he's like, just wanted to send you a message. Like, you get an entire week because I was gonna get severance. He's like, you're, it's like, you get an entire week to train like a pro and get help and try to get as healthy as you can because I know you're banged up. Uh, we'll figure out life after the Boston Marathon. Like, you'll be fine. It's like, let's just take care of yourself and let's be all right. And the same thing that I told like I've had one of my athletes like that's a uh, that she's on the podcast a lot, Keen. Like the same thing for her. It's like. Life comes first. This running thing is a hobby. It's fun. It's enjoyable. We're all competitive. We want to race and we want to race hard. At the end of the day, like, your life will always come first. Your mental health will always come first. And it's always, like, that that balance to be able to tell your coach and be have that, com- that comfort to be able to say, hey, I'm not feeling great or, like, something's happening in my life that, like, I need to put more attention on that. And, like, you really figure out who the people are around you when, like, you get the response back and to hear that from your coach that's that's 
that's a sign of a great person to be around. And, and I'm not surprised that you're having such a great outlet about running this young into like into your running career. I think too is like you, you have like I I am a big fan of I think at this point I'm ready to dive into like running hot takes, and it's like I am I'm the biggest fan of the very nice track club, uh, in Ann Arbor, and mostly because I love Ron, you know like Nick Willis is of course like he's Nick everybody loves Willis, um, but it's like when you have a coach who's a, I think a good ways older than you who has like been around the sport so much longer or you have somebody who has learned from somebody like that you have that like you have that that perspective that somebody young doesn't have um and I even think too like a lot of college coaches I feel like they try to get the most they try to squeeze their athletes that's what I say it's like they try to squeeze every bit of potential out of you because it's because they, they only have four years of you you know and it's like my coach got me at 19 and he was like we're gonna we're gonna get you to 90 miles and 100 miles a week but year by year by year by year by year we can do like five miles a year here there here there you know like there's no time limit on my running besides me and my body and a good coach knows how to work that and I think, like, when it comes to the way that... I always think, like, the cops Kessler, where it's, like, he runs, what, three miles a week and then just does killer workouts? That's great. You know, that's how you progress somebody. So many of my friends have, like, have dropped out of their college teams from, like, going from 40 miles a week to 80 because that's, that's what the program does. Um, and that's something I've, I've also learned, too, is, like, I'll have, like, conversations with my friends and be, like... Oh, like how did you do this? How was this week for you? It's like, oh, it's terrible. You know, like busy work week, busy life. I ran like thirty miles a week this week because I had no time. And my coach would always say, like, if life is in the way, that's okay because running can come back. It's like there's like an ebb and flow to running, just as there is to life. And that's that's something I've learned. It's like this this fall has been a little tougher in terms of like running and and life and recovery. And like that's okay. And that's just how it goes. But I'm not like worried about my varsity spot or my scholarship yeah. or you know like my my self-worth because i don't tie it to my running <laughs> yeah no that that it's a i mean that that's a big thing that's like so different post-college and you're experiencing that now like it is it's it's cool to see that like there's very much for such a high level of running like there's still kind of that relaxed kind of there's that relaxed feeling um I mean, I hung out with uh, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Black. I think it's uh, that's what his name is. He, I hung out with him when I went to go visit Zach for his birthday, and they're just so lax. And like those people, you don't really think from running at such a high level that are going to be. Um, they're not going to be like it, it, most people that I see when they're in that kind of position are kind of standoffish. Uh, when you get into like that professional rank, but it's cool to see like a guru that's like really feels like it's a blue collar uh even if they're i guess not so much blue collar as opposed to like people that are working like eight to fives and running as hard as they can from there but it's i mean it's a great group and it's been cool to see them uh develop and they're midwest too so 